Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Andrew Aguilar. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. How many of you guys appreciate dad jokes? I do. All the dads do, right? All the dads. Yeah. If you're a dad, would you put your hand up? Okay, if you're a man, would you put your hand up? Hey, let me, let me speak to you guys. Uh, no matter if you have kids or not, you're a dad. You're called the father of generation. Um, right now, we're living in a society that is lacking leadership. And women are leaders too. But men, we need to rise up. And we need to start pastoring the kids that are all around us. So, so look at the people from your left and to your right. These are the people that we're meant to lead. We're brothers and sisters. We all are in here for the same reason, for the same purpose. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, oh, so good. Guys, uh, every time I get the chance to speak, I, I really have my phone in this pocket. I get it. It's like swinging around. I really... Um, I really feel the fear of the Lord. Like, I, not over, like, I want to perform well or not that I want to do, like, you know, everyone, like, thinks Andrew speaks awesome and he has great, like, it's not for me. Like, I, I legitimately want to do a good job to communicate what the Lord is saying. And I do that with fear because it deserves fear. It deserves respect. It, re- it deserves honor. We have a huge privilege as ministers in this house to steward the word of the Lord. And I want to make a vow to you that I will always tell you the truth, that I will always be plain, and that it is my desire to never make things complicated for people to understand. But I want to be able to explain and communicate to you well what I feel the Lord is saying in his word. So I promise I will always do my best. All right? Um, So, as you know, we've been on a fast for 21 days, marking today. Uh, If you have not fasted, it's okay. A lot of people are, like, clapping. Hopefully that's not just the people who are fasting. (laughs) A lot of people weren't clapping. No. Look, uh, we're called to live a fasted lifestyle. Did you know that? Like, it's not just, uh, it is not just, the 21 days of the first of the year, you know, in the first month. No, it's, that's not what it is. Actually, I am almost hesitant in saying this because, like, I want, I want to, like, not fast, but I feel like the Lord is asking me to continue to fast. <laughs> so, uh, actually, I've talked with a few friends of mine and people on staff, and they're like, you know what, I'm feeling the same thing. I won't tell you who they are because I don't want anyone to be like, oh, you're supposed to be fasting still. I'm not fasting. I'm done. No, I don't want to do that. But, uh, and I don't think we would ever do that. That's not, that's not honoring. <laughs> but uh, I do believe that <clears throat> if you've been fasting or if you have not fasted with us, uh, the Lord is marking hearts and asking you to fast. He's asking, he's marking people, saying, um, you know, you've been contending for something. You've been, you've been looking for breakthrough in an area, and he has it for you. 
Sorry, beard down the way. Um, how many guys desire, or you can actually, um, what I'm seeing is a target. I'm seeing a target. <clears throat> you see a target that's in front of you that you want to hit, it's, and that target might, <clears throat> might be your breakthrough. How many of you guys can, uh, I'm, I'm so visual when I, when I speak, or like, actually, when I'm prepping a message, the Lord gives me what to say, and I see what I'm going to say. So, like, when I'm, when I'm sitting, I'm making notes and stuff, I'm, I'm actually communing with the Lord, going, what do you want to say? And I, I see him. I see me saying, do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I'm like, like, I'm able to visualize myself saying what I feel the Lord's putting on my heart. Does that make sense? Does that happen to any of you guys? That's awesome. Cool. Let me take a drink of water. <clears throat> so I have some scripture for you. But um, before we get there, the fast isn't over. It's over, but it's not over. Mm-hmm. Um, when you fast, know that he is faithful to his word. When the Lord's promised you something, know that he is faithful to his promises. Right? It's not a coincidence. I mean, like, it is a coincidence, but we didn't schedule that, like, you know, talking about the Lord's faithfulness. It is is the season of the Lord's faithfulness. It is the season of the Lord's faithfulness to his word. It might look like favor, but it's his faithfulness. We might call it favor but it's his goodness and faithfulness and truth to his word. The Lord is staying true to his word. Um, Before we started our fast, I had a dream. So this is December 30th. How many of you guys have dreams? Like the Lord speaks to you through dreams? I'm going to say something about myself later that's for myself, and it's not to like, anyways. So just a little preface, uh, and I'll let you know when I'm going to say it. Um, So this is Saturday night. Uh, the 30th, because the 31st was a Sunday, because we had church, and we had baptisms, and we had, so all that good stuff, and Saturday night, I, I fell asleep, and I had a ton of stuff to do after my kids fell asleep, but I fell asleep when my kids were falling asleep. Does that ever happen to any of you parents? Like, you're trying to get your kids to sleep, and then they're like, you're like reading them a story, or like, worshiping with them or like whatever that you do and then you just fall asleep? Yes. Yes. All us good parents, right? So I fell asleep and uh, actually I was, so Hannah, <laughs> Hannah, I think I had to take the trash out or something like that. I don't remember. She like came and woke me up and she's like, you gotta, you gotta do, was that it? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, uh, but I had a dream and I do have dreams fairly often, but this one marked my heart. You ready to hear it? And I feel like this dream is not just for me, but it is for, it's for the ecclesia. In my dream, Hannah and I were in a house. 
we were praying, and the staff has heard this, so if you've heard it before, you're going to hear it again. I think some of our youth, I've shared this at youth. Some of our, yeah, anyways. So we're praying in this house. In the house, it is like, is, it is as white as this paper, like everywhere around this house. It is, <laughs> in the dream, I remember thinking this would be like an Instagrammer's heaven. Like how like you look on Instagram and everyone's like, oh, it's such good lighting. Oh my gosh, look at the lighting in this photo. It is radical. You know, for me, I like, people like sitting at, like my wife posts all the time and I, we have friends that like will sit and edit pictures for, for heck along and I'm just like, put it on, you know, like my, my Instagram page is not impressive, but I don't want it to be. Uh, it's just to get word out, right? And so in the dream, I remember thinking, man, this, this house is, is just like perfect. It's like, it's bright, it's light. So if that speaks to you, it's kind of just describing the, uh, the environment. And in like one part of the house, it would almost be like a room this big, which who has a room this big in their house? But uh, it's this big, and uh, Hannah and I are over there praying in the corner. It's just us, and Hannah's praying. She's like, going for it. Like, my wife can pray. Uh, so she's, she's praying, sorry, and um, when she's, she's done, and she looks at me, and she says, okay, it's your turn. And when she said that, so sometimes we'll have dreams, and uh, Pastor Greg said this a uh, few weeks back. You know how, like, when the Lord will show you something or reveal something to you, it takes, like, a little while for your mind to catch up to it? So this fast, really, my mind has been catching up to this dream. She said in the dream, okay, it's your turn. And in my spirit, I knew that whatever I said, whatever words I said, whatever I'd ask the Lord, I knew that I knew that I knew that it would come to pass. I knew it, whatever I said. So, um, so she was like on her knees praying. She's like contending. I think she was kind of like on a stool, but she's like this. She's like praying, God, you know, not even, not travailing, but we're just like, we're in it. We're in intercession. And she looks at me and says, okay, it's your turn. And I'm standing there and I go like this. I go, God, why not here? Why not now? Why not? Why not? Why would you not come? Why not now? Those are, that's not a complicated prayer. That's not like, that's, the words are not the, the words are not the definition of this dream. Even though they do have meaning, but it's not the definition. Though those were my words, something was happening in my heart. So after I prayed that in the dream, I woke up to Hannah. She's, she's going, you need to wake up. You got you to do what you needed to do. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I got to wake And so, like, I wake up, and then the Lord starts speaking to me. Like, I, I was like, I went in the garage, and it was, like, freezing cold. I was doing whatever I needed to do, but the Lord's speaking. And I felt something. I felt... Um, 
because it was the end of the year, what we often do is analyze our last year. And I was remembering the dream and going like, why did I say that? Like, what, what was the point of, <laughs> why not here? Why not now? Like, sure, God, you can do whatever you want. Like, always. We know that. Like, that's solid. That's fact. We know that. Why not? But something was different. Something changed inside. My spirit received something that my mind didn't yet understand. So I didn't realize, I always cry, sorry. I didn't realize that as I was looking over my last year, I really felt like a failure. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I know you're not going to go amen to that, but like, <laughs> you know, but you know, like, it's kind of interesting because like we could get really crazy in worship. Everyone's like, Jesus. And then like someone's speaking up here and it's like totally different. You know, like, it's like, give me, give me a little something. Come on, come on. Uh, so, like, I, 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 was facing, I was facing this wall of kind of, like, shame and failure, and I didn't, I didn't fail, like, morally, but in my heart, I just was like, man, I was hoping for so much this year. And we've, we've talked about favor, We've prayed for breakthrough. the only one. I know that you're carrying something on your heart that's broken. It's not morally. It's, it's, it's something that you're just wanting to see. It could be your spouse coming to the Lord. It could be your kids your ministry, the Lord breaking in in your workplace. Healing. But he is faithful. He is. Through this dream, I didn't realize it, but hope came into my heart. Things that I've been praying for and asking for, I didn't realize that hope had left. See, in the charismatic circle, we can kind of cut ourselves short. We have no problem admitting 
who, how big God is and what he does and how great he is and how he parts the Red Sea, which he does. He does. He's faithful to everything. He will provide healing. He will provide uh, the fire for our offering. He will, and he does. He does heal. He does. But I didn't realize it, but the Lord was bringing me to this place, which I feel like I'm not the only one. He was asking me, Andrew, if every time you prayed, if I didn't heal someone, would you would you still love me? Would you be okay if your purpose was for just having your family? Would you still love me? Would you still think I'm the God who heals? Would you still believe that I provide all your needs? I had to wrestle. I did. The Lord started to bring me on this journey. Where we could be so captivated about what everybody else is doing. Every, I mean, we can look at Bethel. We can look at Iris Ministries. We can, we, and what they're doing is great. It's a, I'm not discounting that. Like, it is amazing. And God, it is God. But when I'm praying for a kid's ankle and it's not getting healed, what's he, what's he saying? Like, why? See, I feel like we're, we're here in, at convergence, tilling the soil. And the Lord wants us to recognize something. Because he has, he's called us as a house, to receive so much blessing that we will not have room enough to receive it. But if we don't recognize that it's him and only him, we can develop an arrogant attitude that can be destructive. We are all about prophetic words. We're all about healing. That's not what I'm saying. But what about Jesus? God. The huge, the, the biggest, the number one, the big kahuna, God. <laughs> he became a baby. He humbled himself to take on flesh and became so minuscule that he put himself inside Mary. Does that not grab our hearts and wow us just as much as somebody's leg growing out? Yeah. 
1 Kings 19. We always talk about the story. I don't know what it is. I can't get away from Elijah. Like every time I speak, I talk about Elijah. This is Elijah, and we, we, we oftentimes talk about the stories that are, that are the one before this. <laughs> when uh, Elijah confronts the, the prophets of Baal, and he says, call down fire on your offering. I'll have my offering over here. And they're like basically killing themselves to try to get this thing to catch on fire. And Elijah's just like, pour water on this. Do it three times. And then fire falls and consumes the offering, licks up all the water and everything. That's a great story, and we know it. But we don't really talk about uh, much. I know it's in there, and I'm sure you've read it. After what happens, Elijah's received this breakthrough. He's, the Lord's super faithful. But then he's confronted by Jezebel. And she says, on her life, if she does not kill Elijah and do the same thing that, she, that he did to her prophets, then she'll, basically, she'll, she'll give her life to pursuing Elijah and killing him. This fills, fills Elijah with fear, and he runs. He runs into a cave. He's the last of the Lord's prophets, and he's hiding. We don't talk about this. He's afraid. But the Lord just consumed his offering, just showed his faithfulness in a huge way. He hears the voice of the Lord saying, go out to the mount and look out. He goes out and he's looking out and the Lord passes in, in front of him. And there was a wind that was so strong that it's tearing down mountains. Rocks are falling. But the Lord wasn't there. He wasn't in the wind. So this is 1 Kings uh, 9 through 18. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it into pieces, the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. And then after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. In our walk with the Lord, we, we constantly lay claim that he he does things a certain way and he'll heal and he does, he does, he does. But what about in the midst of our longing for breakthrough? And, think, and we hear these things but they're not happening and we're like, what are you doing? Where are you? But you know where he was? He was in a whisper. He was in the Here. 
this is what I was going to tell you early, the little preface. You know why the Lord said he speaks to me in, in dreams? He says, because I'm too loud during the day. <laughs> that might be funny, but it's kind of sad. I think we might be a little loud during the day, and we forget to listen for the whisper. Because we're sitting there looking for the rain and the fire and the earthquake for the Lord to shake everything that can be shaken, God. But he's sitting there going, I'm, I'm right here with you. You just don't see it. I'm there. I'm faithful in my word. You're looking at the fire. You're asking for fire, but I'm already with you. In order to hear whisper, <laughs> you got to be quiet. All right, let me get all my notes. The Lord's called us to do two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second that's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Two things. What does love look like? Love looks like something, right? It looks like something. This is where I'm feeling the Lord is asking the ecclesia to open our eyes. Because we all desire the big, but he's asking us to start to desire the small. If uh, anyone who's ever had any sort of relationship, even a friendship that is in love, or especially marriage, you know that marriage, <laughs> I'll be the first to admit, like, marriage is not a Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> it's not. Hannah doesn't wake up every morning, come out and look at the table, and candles are lit, and a full breakfast is made, and I'm down there rubbing her feet, and like, I, I'm sorry, it doesn't happen. It might happen, like, once in a while, but not every day. <laughs> Probably should do more. <laughs> but that's just not, it's not reality. What's the love look like with our Heavenly Father? Is it a realistic picture of love? I was super convicted because I'm going like, Lord, every time I'm spending time with you, I'm just asking you for things. <sighs> and we can say, but it says it in the word, make your, you know, make it known, you know. That is true. It is true. But um, the example that my son sets, my son Samuel, spoke to me so profoundly. I'll be sitting there. He gets it. He, he just gets it. I'll be sitting there. 
uh, doing the dishes or uh, yesterday I was cleaning up and he does this every time. Like We'll leave the room. He goes, dad, dad, dad. And we're like, yeah, what's up? But you know, what? Yes. He's like, nothing. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm right here. And then he'll go, so yesterday, same thing. Dad, dad, dad. And I'm like, he's through the doorway and sitting on the couch. And he's, he's just sitting there. And I was rolling up something in the kitchen and like cleaning up and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. He's like. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, sit with me. He, he doesn't care what I'm doing. He just wants to sit down. He wants me to sit with him. You know, your heavenly father doesn't really want anything from you. He just wants you to sit with him. That's a good word. Come on. So when we're getting on our knees, what are we asking? Are we okay with the little? God, I'm just, I'm fine with just being with you. Paul talks about in Philippians 4, learning how to be okay and happy with where he's at, no matter what the season. All right, Andrew, what are you getting at? This might be what you're asking. We need hope. We do. I think our hope has been depleted. How do we get hope? It's in Romans 5. Romans 5, 1. You remember? Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope that the glory of God, hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings Produce endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. Have you ever just stopped and taken a second and thought about maybe God cares more about your character than your breakthrough? I know he cares about what's on our heart. We get that. We get it. We do. Like, we've been taught that. That's solid. We've all had experiences where, like, God comes through, and it's awesome. But we cannot forget that he cares more about those little decisions than the big one. 
They're only a moment, those big ones. The miracles, they'll go away. The signs and the wonders, they're going to pass. But the thing that lasts forever is the love that you have in your heart for your heavenly father. It's my desire that when I pass from this age, I'll just start right off where I left off. Not having to figure out how to build a love relationship with my father. But it'll already be built. When we get to heaven, we're not just going to be a bunch of like butt naked angels sitting on a cloud. (laughs) We're not. That is a misconception of what heaven will be like. When you get to heaven, you're going to sit with your father every day and your heart will be filled. And it will satisfy every ounce of your being. You won't desire to do anything else. I love the outdoors, but I know when I get to heaven, even my love for the outdoors will be satisfied. All creation groans and testifies. We're all looking for our heavenly father. To me, he speaks in the outdoors. I can go there and I can be with him. It's just, we're just trying to get closer. We're just trying to get one step closer. And that's good. But I promise that when we pass on, that'll be fulfilled. That longing, that desire. Promise, I'm not going to go over my time. Uh, when I was uh, praying this morning, I was like, God, I think I could finish up in five minutes. <laughs> and I think people would be a little happy. <laughs> we were here pretty long last week. It was good, but we were pretty long, right? <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. But I really want to honor your time. Um, so, uh, Jesus, you're good. Mm. Endurance. Uh, convergence. House of prayer. <laughs> Convergence, Ecclesia. I think we've been in a season of endurance. And I think we will always be in somewhat of a level of endurance. But it's, it's good. Because it says in his word that it produces character, and character produces hope. So if you want hope, we've got to keep holding on. But know that while you're in the midst of holding on, that our breakthrough might not look like what we're expecting. It might not be the fire this time. It might not be an earthquake. It might be a whisper. 
and ask in your heart, are you okay with that? Are you okay with the whisper? It was Jesus' desire among all else, above all else, that he would do the will of his Father. You know what the will of his Father was? For him to die for all mankind. He had the most difficult job to give everything. And he did it. He endured the cross. Jesus endured to give us hope. So we must endure to produce our character so that our character reflects the one who gave us hope. I want to share a quick little story, and I didn't talk to Hannah about this, <clears throat> but our daughter's name is Hope. Uh, this is just a testimony. Hannah and I, we've known each other for a very long time. We've been married for almost eight years. Um, and when, when we got married, we knew we didn't really want to wait very long for kids because we'd been together for so long. We're like... We're ready. And uh, so we didn't wait very long. We thought it would happen like nothing. But it didn't. And we were like, what's going on? So our first, I think, year and a half we were married and then we started trying, right? And it didn't happen. We were like, hmm, strange. And uh, hope was deferred. Hope was not there. And I, I can say that I was like pretty strong in that season because I had to be for my wife. But I was like, what's wrong? Like, what is happening? Like, and she was, she, Hannah was truly without hope. I didn't realize, but even though we thought we were ready, we weren't ready. There was still something that the Lord wanted us to learn. Whenever you encounter a trial, we need to count it joy, like the word says. But also know that that's easier said than done. And then the Lord is trying to show us something. He's trying to teach us something. And it might be like when you're fasting, and sometimes you feel zero breakthrough. And then you step out of your fast and then you look back and you go, oh, there was something there. So in this season, we didn't realize it, but we were trying and we, we got heartbroken and we were without hope. So we kept trying and kept losing hope. And then one day, Hannah made the decision in her heart with help from the Lord. How many hours did you used to spend in the prayer room? A week. 30 plus. 
She was in the Word. She still is. But job title's a little different now. <laughs> she was uh, converted to this first intercessory missionary. Ish. So she was in the prayer room a lot, communing with the Lord. And her heart had to come to the place where she was okay if this is how it was going to be. She was all right. Through the midst and the pain, able to say, God, you're good no matter what. And I trust you. I know it's easier said than done. I don't know what your trial looks like. I don't know what your pain feels like. I could just speak from our experience. But I promise, it says in his word, that when you endure, you'll get hope. Your hope will return. And then we got pregnant. It was when, it was when, uh, our hearts really turned towards one another. We were like in love. Obviously, we were married. And we were like in different forms of ministry together. But that knit us together in a new way. It made us go, if it's just us, we'll be all right. If it's just the Lord, and if this is what he wants, okay. And then he brought the blessing. And we prayed, we prayed for our kids to look exactly the way they did, or they do, <laughs> and they do, they do. It's, it's insane. I, can, I cannot even describe the detail. Hope's curly hair and her blue eyes with her olive skin, that's exactly what we prayed for which may seem kind of funny, like you're happy no matter what your kid looks like, obviously. But like that wasn't like a prayer point, but it was just like, that was a desire of our heart, and she's there. <laughs> and the Lord knew. So this morning, whatever your hope looks like, if it's even there, Whatever condition you are in, I want you to know that he is delivering a package of hope straight to your spirit. And it might take a little while for your spirit to, for your mind to catch up, but I know that your, your spirit's going to receive it. I know that he will. He's faithful. So, would you guys mind closing your eyes? We're going to pray. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for this time that we have here together. God, and I ask that you would give hope where there is no hope. For situations that are broken relationships, health. God, where it seems like there's no, where we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, that we can't see the, 
the breakthrough. God, I ask that you would give us vision to see and give us the strength to endure, God, so that we can build up to be the people that you've called us to be and truly have hope in our heart. If you haven't ever had the chance to truly hold hope in your heart, Jesus Christ is the hope of the earth. If you've walked away from him and you feel a tug this morning to come back, if you've never met this Jesus, you're in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, you feel like you're at the end of yourself, I want to in invite you. I just want you to slip up your hand. If you want to know this Jesus, the light of the world, the hope of all, would you put your hand up? All right. Hey, could we all repeat this? Jesus, I receive you. I'm hopeless, and I need you to be my hope. I make you Lord of my life. I submit my will to yours. Would you take control? Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, guys. If you're in the face of a, of a situation, if you're right in the midst of, you feel like you're at your end and you need help, I want to invite our ministry team up. We're, we want to pray for you. We want to contend with you. We want to stand in the gap. As the ecclesia, we're called to stand in the gap. Right now, we're on trial every single day. And the righteous judge is in heaven. And if we do not go to our court date, which is taking place every single day, if we're not on our knees praying and asking, then it's like we're not even going to court. That's the job of, our, of the ecclesia. We come together and join one another in prayer and in fasting. And we gather together and lift each other up. And he judges according to the righteous ones, the children that he loves, that you are called to be. Now, everyone who prayed that prayer, you're a child of God. You have the full rights to everything your heavenly father has laid out for you. And he judges accordingly to your righteousness. And when you're in right standing with God, that's when he comes and he shows himself faithful. So if we wouldn't mind our ministry team, could you guys stand? Uh, everybody stand. We're, we're, we're wrapping it up. <clears throat> we're going to pray. Could you take the hand of the person next to you? PG style. We're doing it Pastor Greg style. Hold hands. I just want to speak a blessing over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the ecclesia here at Convergence. I thank you, Lord, that you've called us, that you've marked our house as a house of hope, that we will, have, we will carry the hope of the nation, that Jesus, your name would be known in our city, that you, through, through you, Jesus, that all would come to know our Heavenly Father, that we would walk in victory, 
that we would go from glory to glory. So Jesus, we thank you. And I just bless this house. I bless this house with an enduring love that we would not shy down from situations, but we would uh, take hold of the promises and, and count them as true and that we would call them uh, as, as if they were, even though they're not right now. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Go and spread hope in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.